And a newly released excerpt from her upcoming book, Full Disclosure, Stormy Daniels describes intimacy with Donald Trump as laying there, annoyed that she was having sex with a, quote, guy with Yeti pubes and a dick like the mushroom character in Mario Kart. Hey, Stormy, any chance we could notch down the disclosure, you know, just a little bit, maybe some disclosure or, you know, the right amount of disclosure that won't make you throw up in our mouth? Thanks. A new report says Wall Street salaries are at their highest since the 2008 economic crisis. Well, it's nice to see good things happen to people who forced your sick grandma out of her home. At last night's 70th annual Academy, actually, no, at last night's 70th annual Primetime Emmy Awards, Henry Winkler finally won an Emmy and joked that he wrote his acceptance speech 43 years ago. So that explains all the racial slurs. Last weekend was the independence anniversary for Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Uh, As a celebratory gift, the United States considered giving them their children back. And we have two two punchlines for this one. And finally, former Sesame Street writer Mark Saltzman has confirmed that the characters Ernie and Bert are indeed a gay couple. Well, now we know what killed Mr. Hooper. And more surprising is Saltzman revelation that Mr. Snuffleupagus likes to watch. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, can you ever hear this song the same way again? Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt. We've got the whole gang assembled here. Uh, Chelsea Galicia, back from Alaska. And uh, just like when our friend Scott was up in Alaska, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had lunch slash brunch with Sarah and Todd Palin a couple of times. Oh, my gosh. I did not. Oh. I really thought you were (laughs) I was at the buffet one too many days. probably tell. But every stop along the way, I kept thinking... The woman who was the governor of this place was going to be the vice president of the United States. This could not have been more different from the whole rest of the United (laughs) States. I mean, the entire state has like a million people. Yeah. Yeah. Not even. Like half that. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's closer to everywhere in Canada, basically, mm-hmm. than it is to the United States. And Russia. Yeah, I had to take my passport yeah. and go through Canada on one of the mm-hmm. excursions. I just couldn't believe that anybody would think that she was prepared. Or I, that I don't her... think anybody did. That was the problem. No. <laughs> Look, at one point, somebody thought John Edwards was going to be vice president. So right. clearly no one knows anything. Uh, Trevor Brown. Hi. I, I haven't gone anywhere. Ever? I've been here. Yeah, in the studio. I've been. Yep. Sweeping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Moore. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, that's a, just just, hey, just some hey, Mac. guys. Uh, all right. And you're so, in Cuba. So, back from well, Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered that while you were bit, away. Yeah. We talked. We didn't really talk that much about no. it, though. Uh, it's uh, there's, there's always so much to talk Scott about. Scott tried mm-hmm. to convince us that communism works. <laughs> <laughs> and Cuba's proof. <laughs> socialism. Come on. <laughs> socialism. Just look at Cuba. Wait, hold on. Let's not start <laughs> no, using them kidding. in the same sentence. I, I don't know. Like, Jim Carrey it was a little uh, over the top with that, like, Claim socialism, like whoa, whoa, buddy, whoa, hey, there's, hey, there's this we hola- be careful uh, about. Yeah. hilarious clips I've been enjoying of Vince Scully, the you know, cl- 
renowned renouncer of the LA Dodgers for decades. He is now passed. But there are these. No, clips he's just of retired. He's retired. He's just retired. Oh, he's not. He's yes. still alive. He's, but he's still. Yeah, he's retired. Yes. I don't know if Vince he's enjoying. Was still alive. Yes, okay. he's enjoying retirement. Neither, My bad. By the way, neither did Vince Kelly. <laughs> he didn't know he was alive. <laughs> you just reminded him that. So. Okay. Well, anyway, there are these clips of him like in the middle of a play, just randomly railing on socialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime there was a Venezuelan player, he would talk about it. There's two things that he didn't like: Venezuela and beach balls, because. Why would you come to the ball game just to hit around a beach ball? Also, uh, that was my favorite part of the Dodger game. Well, that and that like I would get hate, junk food every inning because you're not there for the for the sport. That was, would probably I be the like point. I was like ten. Well, there you go. <laughs> That, I still like it now. What are you talking about? Like, that's a great excuse. <laughs> anyway, believe it or not, we didn't come here to talk about doing the wave at Dodger Stadium, but that'll be next week. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot to talk about, uh, and we have the. Accusations against uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and uh, there's there's a lot sort of contained within that story. You know, we have the uh, sort of the anonymous nature of the allegations that were initially teased by Diane Feinstein. Uh, teased not a great word, but that is what she did. You know, she sort of was like, "Well, I've got a thing that I'm not going to talk about." And I guess the initial question was, "Why did she have it for so long?" And then uh, supposedly. Uh, Christine, who's all of a sudden last name I forget. Ford. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's a car. Remember Christine <laughs> but Ford? But it's hyphenated. Yeah. Blossy. Blossy Ford. Ford. Yeah. yeah. So she uh, originally to wanted to remain anonymous, and I think that that was part of it. And then there just was so much speculation, she stepped forward. So that's unpacking part of the story. Uh, and to you know, look, Brett Kavanaugh says that uh, he wasn't at the party. He says it doesn't happen. And obviously the there's a, there's a lot of different ways that people are reacting to this, but I think that, uh, you know, Chuck Grassley kind of being the opinion that sort of matters the most. He's like, well, we have we have to talk to both of them. You know, it's like, yes, let's hear her story because you definitely had some voices. These were not elected official voices. They were just like, ah, enough already. Let's just confirm the guy. It's taken too long. You know, why did this come up so late? Uh, so. I find that the great Mitch McConnell. Th- there are mm-hmm. always exceptions, but I find that the great majority of reaction is, look, we don't know. Let's let's find out more. You know, uh, and uh, I'll start with you, Chelsea, because you've been gone the longest. Uh, what do you think, sort of, about the allegations, the reaction to them, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, I I first start with why would somebody make this up? Um, what would really benefit her it sounds like you know she is not a, somebody who's seeking the limelight sure She's i mean i can understand why a professor. person would make it up but it doesn't it, you're wondering why this woman in particular would make up this story why somebody would want to put themselves through right. the the scrutiny of the allegation there's a lot of reasons why people would make something up but in this instance the question is you know, why are you, why are you making this up now you know well, I mean, it, apparently this isn't the first time that she's talked about it. She talked about it in 2012 in a couples therapy session, although didn't use his name. Right. But there are notes contemporaneous to it, which would be a, a fun exception to the hearsay law. But we're, you know, can't get legal here because the statute of limitation has well long passed. So there's not any legal consequences for Brett Kavanaugh here except for perhaps, maybe, um, he'll be voted down. But as for why she waited, I mean, I think it makes sense to me. Like, uh, you know, why do you want to go through all this? Part of you feels like you have to say something because it's important. But the other part of you is like, you know, I really don't want to do this to myself and to my family. So 
Yeah, I don't I mean, blame her of, for being reluctant. That's what we heard in the wake of some of the first Harvey Weinstein ac- accusations. We're like, why are they coming out now? Well, because they were never going to come out. But then all of a sudden it started to seem like, well, other people are talking about it. Let me sort of back up what they're saying. Not that that's the instance here, but I think a lot of times, sure, no one wants to actually uh, share that. I mean, I think it's so fascinating how it's happening now. It's kind of like a Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. Anita Hill, like 2.0. Yeah, it's a sequel, but yeah. in the day of Me Too, mm-hmm. Does it? Will it change anything? It'll be fascinating to see how it goes down. Right, and uh, I guess to the uh, Judiciary Committee's uh, credit, they're trying to get in touch with her, and they want to schedule her. And uh, what I was reading earlier today, and let me know if that's changed. Who, Ford or Ford, and they haven't actually heard back from her. Well, I saw articles saying that she was going to speak or testify on mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I've seen both. Right. Well, that's it's, what I'm saying is that what I had seen was I wasn't sure that they had uh, gotten in touch with her, yeah, but they were no, willing to talk to her. There, there's no confirmation yet that she will appear. And I saw an interview today with uh, Representative uh, Norton, who was one of the women who was um, backing Anita Hill back in 1991. And so she said in, in this interview today, like, please do this for Anita Hill. Do this for me. Do this for, you know, all of the women of yesteryear who weren't in the position that we possibly are now to be believed and heard. And, you know, things are different even from three years ago. You know, I think um, the amount I've been really I don't want to use the word impressed, but sort of surprised at the Republican males, even President Trump, who is saying, let's have let's let her speak. Let's let him speak. Let's have a, you know, let's have an investigation um, rather than just immediately discrediting her and immediately, aside from like Orrin Hatch, who is saying she must be mistaken and the old just never going to be never going to change, never going to understand. Yeah. But the sort of willingness and somewhat open mindedness, even with that feels a little bit of a stretch, but that that a lot of um People that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be so are are giving her the benefit of the doubt and want to hear what she has to say and want to see a thorough, you know, l- let's see this played out and, and give give her an opportunity to state her case. Uh, Scott, uh, in addition to all that, uh, your thoughts on uh, President Trump just uh, saying how badly he feels for Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> in all of this. And look, like, you know, obviously uh, you want to say that if for some reason she is mistaken and it didn't happen, then sure, you can feel bad for him. But that's not mm-hmm. how he put it. He's just like he's the fact that he has to go through this is why he feels bad for him. But sort of the way that everything has played out so far, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I was going to say I don't think Trump has any other feelings, so I don't. Well, I don't think he, he has. No, he, he doesn't he, have feelings. He understands period. even feeling bad. He doesn't understand that he's just trying to equate some kind of human emotion there. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the same thing with Paul Manafort. You know, he, he feels bad for the guy. Uh, it, the whole thing is it, from his perspective is ridiculous anyway so i don't take I think it the and... feeling bad for us because he can kind of put himself in that person's <laughs> right, shoes he kind of what, he doesn't feel any man should yes. have to go through that type of humiliation yeah. um yeah it's just i mean seriously yeah he did he feeling bad for him is just ridiculous um the, the thing that strikes me on, on both sides are to tamra's point it's like these Republicans that are sort of like saying, oh, let's hear her side, I think they're put up against a wall, so they don't really have 
uh, a choice right now because they have two Republican senator uh, women that they have to try to get their votes. And they're mm-hmm. already on the fence, especially Lisa Murkowski, because of some of Brett Kavanaugh's views on, um, you know, first uh, people's first nations, first people. nations rights and stuff like that, which a big uh, part of her constituency is. Um, so I already think that he has issues with some Republican senators already. And and I think if they look to see that the Democrats, even the red state Democrats that are running for re-election that seem to be in pretty safe position, are feeling more comfortable to oppose him, uh, means that they have no room for error. So for them, I think it's it's a political calculation and also knowing about, you know, the midterms coming up in, in less than, you know, six weeks that they have uh, really... They, they have to do that. So I, I hate to sound jaded on that, but uh, I, I feel like they really had no other choice. But So they to, didn't do this from the kindness of their heart no. and their right. transformed conscience. They're transformed, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it's more of knowing that they have two women senators that they have to keep on their side and knowing that they've pretty much lost any other red state Democrats and knowing that the midterms that are already going to be bad enough for them could be substantially worse if they know that women would go out in droves, especially white educated women too, that would go out and, and vote for the Democratic but candidates. But I do still think that three years ago, they wouldn't have mm. had that concern. Like, that, like the fact that they need to sway two women is possibly wouldn't have had to do that a few years ago. You know, like, it's still very slow progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. No, a, few, a few years yeah. ago, they would have been like, oh, you need to convince Lisa Murkowski, buy her some new shoes. Yeah, That's exactly. the sort of thing yeah. that you probably yeah. would have heard. What? This, this is the old, this is yeah. the old <laughs> days. It's not now. We're woke now, all right? This is this is a different world wow. that we live in. Just get her a new shade of lipstick. Yeah, she'll be exactly. fine. Wow. Uh, so uh, one of the things is that the uh, FBI is apparently not investigating further despite uh, the Democrats' demands and uh, they're sort of not really boycotting, but they're uh, not supporting these hearings. But uh, to check Grassley's point, he says, look, if I don't hear back or we don't hear back from uh, Christine Blasey Ford, we're not going to hold the hearings. So obviously that puts tremendous pressure on her mm-hmm. to begin with. She was already under pressure. Now it's like, look, we're not even going to talk about this if if you don't come and testify. And, you know, I think it. the interesting thing here is that Brett Kavanaugh is just flat out denying that he was there. It's not – sometimes we hear stories like, oh, my God, you know, we were kids and I think uh, I must have behaved badly because I – you know, it could – you can explain a story where like, you know, that – it's a long time ago. I, I must have thought she was interested and I guess I was wrong, you know. that We're not getting that. Mm-hmm. We're getting the I wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know. So it, when she, she has never been specific, I'm sorry, about – the party. She hasn't given enough details. Right. That so wasn't in the letter. I, I don't. I don't think so. I want to. There I'm were. There were not. This is There were not specific enough details. She never mentioned when, where this party was. So for him to say I wasn't even at the party. Yeah. There's a. There's another. Uh, another man who's accused. Who he's just like. Yeah. I'm staying out of this. Judge. Yeah. 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 Judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Judge is uh, well. Lest you not, not, not be. judging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, so, actually, he did judge. He well, said, I've never seen him behave yeah. that way. And, right. Well, he basically said he didn't want to be involved with it. He, he well, wanted to stay out of it. Can you cut through the lawyerese? <laughs> yeah. If he says, I've never seen him behave that way, is it because his eyes were closed? Is that what it means? <laughs> it's just a question. It's just and, a question. And also, the 65 women who signed the letter saying mm-hmm. that they are on his side, they did that. Uh, before it was uh, released, what this was for, and two of them have walked it back at this point. 
Yeah. That's so funny how mm-hmm. quickly the, they can act on some things. Congress is like so slow on things. Right. But, oh, need a letter signed by 65 women. Love it we done. can make that done. happen He's in a, a week. He's a great guy. Right. Well, I mean, it's the same thing of like why they waited so long for to, you know, not fill the seat when they decided that, oh, no, it's an election year for the president. So Obama shouldn't be able to pick a new Supreme Court. They let that sit for over 400 days. But here they are trying to ram this through before the midterms. And the, and, and the thing that's going to be extra difficult is they have a very limited window right now. So if Kavanaugh doesn't go through or he decides to withdraw his name, they're now going to be up against the wall to be able to find a new person. I'm sure they've got a bunch of people vetted, but to get that person out there, go through all their records, go through the Judiciary Committee, and then be able to go for a vote before you get to uh, the election is going to be a little bit challenging if they don't do it in the next couple weeks. So now you're already kind of walking a fine line of to where you may not be able to uh, appoint someone. And in that case, if the Democrats win the House, they're, they're not going to get anybody through at that point. So, um, And then, of course, if they do by chance get the Senate, which is about the same percentage of Trump winning in 2016 is what they have estimated for the Senate. I think it's like 33%. I mean, if they get the Senate, then there's definitely not going to be uh, a justice picked. The only thing they would try to do is maybe try to ram it through during a lame duck session, but I think that would upset a lot of people knowing that they voted for Democrats. It's kind of the same thing we're saying. Like, if you're waiting for an election result, then you can't now be a hypocrite again and try to ram somebody through uh, Congress uh, for a Supreme Court lifetime position if, you know, the voters voted for the other party. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out in the next week or two. Yeah. So working under the assumption that uh, both of them are, are appear and testify next week, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, uh, Chelsea, what sort of happens if they just both give two differing accounts? Is, is there is there... Is there just the general vote is held uh, amongst the judiciary? What what happens next, basically, once we hear this testimony, regardless of what the you know of what we hear, uh, what happens next? Well, the judiciary committee will vote, but whatever they, however they vote, even if some Republicans vote no, the vote still goes to okay. the entire mm-hmm. Senate, mm-hmm. and they that those same people on that committee can vote the same way or differently than they did in committee. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that a Republican will vote no in committee and vote yes when it's the Senate-wide vote. Um, but I, I, it would be amazing if like Jeff Flake or some, you know, because he was already saying, I, I don't know, I really want to hear from this woman. I well, don't think it would be. Yeah, he's saying that he wouldn't vote for Kavanaugh right now based on this. You know, I think that depending on testimony, who knows what he decides then. But at this point... Uh, he's saying that, and uh, and then there were the uh, Lisa Murkowski, and uh, uh, there were a few other. Bob Corker was yeah. also, but also Bob Corker and Jeff Flake are not running again, so they should be able to have. They can vote however they, they want. Should, yes. This should be, this should be their, their moment, John McCain, like their John McCain moment. Down yes, moment. it should be. But so far, we've seen a lot more talk than action, especially from Jeff Flake. So, but this is a you know, big one. No, it is, but this it remains to be seen if, if they actually. Would stand up or not. No. They're not running again. And I think even public sentiment changes a little bit for, and the pressure changes on the female senators, uh, Collins and Murkowski, because I know even for me, this feels like a whole nother uh, level on this abortion issue because it's not just abortion. Mm-hmm. It's birth control like abortion. OK, OK. I you know, that's that's one thing I understand the. The hatred of it, but if you come near my birth control, I will. I will. Mm-hmm. Why, I did will. You, why did you look at me? I will. I, I, I'm Just not going anywhere near your birth control. I am not but like, interested. But now that takes my 
my, I, I, I wouldn't want to call it rage, but my like, oh no, <laughs> to a whole new level. So I would imagine that more women would put pressure on Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins and that they would actually, both of them are, you know, pro-choice Republicans that they might feel even more like, oh, geez, I mean, this might go after even birth control. This More of my constituents are really going to be up in arms about this, and I should be really careful. Because if that's how this, that's how this goes, um, I don't know. I think women will all band together and just have um, what, a sex boycott or something and no sex until birth control. I, I I don't I don't quite follow how any of that uh, actually happens. Uh, well, but. assuming that there is some way that the, they go after um, birth control, you mm-hmm. know, not only overturning Roe v. Wade, but overturning the right to access to birth control. Okay, if they somehow try and get that far in that what would the response from women be and my mind goes to okay we're going to band together and just hold <laughs> out <it> off. and <laughs> no sex for anyone for unless <laughs> we're given our birth control back i mean this is just kind of where my this mind your, your went protest. with this whole thing yeah right although i don't know that uh you know I mean, outright banning of birth control is the issue it always comes up in terms of you, you know there are certain difficult. there are certain employers mm. that you know say like you know, Catholic-based organizations don't feel like they want to be compelled. You know, it's always sort of these these subtleties and things like that. But uh, you're saying if they just – are you saying that uh, there's the fear just for you oh. that they're going to just outlaw birth control? I mean, that I saw articles and stuff about that coming up about whether he would attack – the right to access to birth control, whether it would side with employers. You know, I was reading about a woman who waited for marriage to have sex, was is very Catholic, but still, once she got married, she and her husband decided, we're not ready for kids yet. I would like to use birth control, and she was denied. So, you know, yes, my mind started going to, oh, wow, if they would restrict access, um, make employers and insurance companies not need to provide it, um, yeah, I, I, I would be raging on a whole new level. That uh, doesn't seem like a like a, a Supreme Court issue at at this point. It, it would have to reach that, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think. I mean, same thing even with with Roe v. Wade. It's not like some people make it sound like you know the moment Brett Kavanaugh steps onto the Supreme Court, if you know, God forbid, he does, then the next day Roe is overturned. That's not how it works. A case would have to work its way through the courts and be before the Supreme Court, where the issue of uh, of Roe or any of the progeny cases, the cases that came after that were at issue and then they would decide on that issue that they are going to overturn precedent. And yeah, I mean, it could, I mean, this guy is 53. I mean, that gives him a long time to be on the court and perhaps to hear other uh, cases more along the lines of like the Hobby Lobby where employers want to deny uh, access. Well, if recent history is any indication, you said he's 53. Uh, he will be on the Supreme Court for 40 years is what that probably means, considering <laughs> how long people stick around, maybe even yeah. 50. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that I mean, that's sort of the 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 thing about the Trump legacy is that, look, whether it's Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> or it's the next guy, and let's be honest, it's going to be a guy, the next one. Uh, there isn't going to be a next one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean, he'll nominate it, somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, you mean after 
after, after if, no, no, if, no, if Brett Kavanaugh for some yeah. reason this has to you know this has to quietly go away, he's going to then get somebody else. Yeah, you know he'll still get from the Federalist he'll Society, still, well, equally conservative. Right, but then the point is, what's going to happen as far as him actually that person getting on the bench? Because again, that's talking about the timelines and depending how the Congress is um, made up after election day, then that I mean, changes the, the whole Senate, calculus there. If the Senate is uh, Democrat controlled, I mean. Yeah, they could just keep knocking down mm-hmm. all these guys until the whole Federalist Society runs out of yep. people and then, I don't know, go to our revolutions list or something. I don't know. How confident are we as a panel that the Democrats are going to overthrow, like, the, take over the Senate? Because well, like I'm, I'm pretty, the, it's, I'm pretty it's, low. It's pretty low. Like yeah. I said, it's around 30 percent, a little under that. But the but the it's it's even if you have the House, then it makes it a lot more difficult for anything to really move through. Um, right, but if, 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 on a if, Supreme Court if they don't take yeah, but, the uh, the Senate, then we'll probably just have to pull the plug on your impeachment clock, because <laughs> if, if it's going to be the Republican Senate, it doesn't matter what the House does. Well, because you can't you, you yes. can't oh, actually remove him from office. Wait, we should ask yeah, but Scott to clarify. Is it when the House votes to impeach or you think that the Senate is going that's, to? That's a great point. Well, what, what is the impeachment clock actually counting down towards? <laughs> to when the House so, yes, votes? Yes, I mean, when it's impeachment oh, in general. Okay. But, but he point, can still not be removed as president because that well, would have to be the Senate. Again, and it's in two thirds of the Senate. It does. The, it takes 67. But the point is, it depends what comes out, what happens and what Republicans that may be up again in 20 would feel more reluctant to keep him in. You know, so it really depends what happens. And also, like I've always said all along, I think he would resign sort of all on Nixon before an impeachment anyways if enough stuff comes out. Because let's be honest, too, if if, if they take the House, the Democrats are going to constantly have hearings and be taking people from his administration up there. And he's going to have a harder time getting anything Right. It's, it's like how the Republican House uh, very regularly held mm-hmm. the vote to repeal Obamacare, right. even though they knew that they weren't going to actually get right. it repealed. But it was like, say, hey, we keep voting yeah. to get rid of it. You know, so it would basically be that sort of a thing. Right. Like Bring that. people up for hearings and, and put them under oath and have them testify. And, you know, so the next thing you know is that that's What's going to be going on? Which is good because my feeling is that too much gets done in Washington now. So we should get (laughs) some more. We should have some more safeguards to prevent things from being done. Uh, Anyway, I think that uh, it'll be very interesting a week from now. We'll have a lot more Mm -hmm. to say about this. Uh, Whether the the hearings happen, uh, they could still be going on when we do the show next week. So uh, we'll keep we'll keep uh, team coverage going on (laughs) of that. But uh, let us know in the chat if you're watching live or if you're watching the archive version, uh, what you think about all this. And I see some of our friends in the chat. So uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, you know. Still, sort of interesting is the the uh, the trade war, and uh, China has uh, earlier today decided to have sixty billion dollars in tariffs of their own. Um, th- these are such crazy amounts of money that it reaches a certain point where I'm like, is that are those real numbers? Like when you hear what the national debt is, you know, and it's like trillions or quadrillions of dollars. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know that. <laughs> I can't count that high. Like I wouldn't know how to do that. So. Uh, when we hear this, uh, uh, Scott, what do you think about, you know, what the actual impact is short term, but more long term, I think, is where we would feel it, right? Right. Like long term, uh, like we think as we get, approach the holiday season and you start thinking about gifts and you think about electronics and you think about other things that you are used to buying, like we've said on this panel before, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that you're going to have things made here in the country and still be able to get things at a low cost. Um, and that goes across electronics, vehicles. 
Right, or as low. You're right. Close. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't expect to have it both ways by saying you're going to give everything having it made here and then be able to have it very cheap. And um, the the tariff thing is is again something he has no knowledge on basic economics and but we've all got so much more work. money though because of, of this tax plan <laughs> right, of course. our pockets are overflowing so now we, so we can, can afford those extra buy. costs yes we can absorb well, those extra it's a costs. great point I, I don't know about you but i've got 60 billion extra dollars so i got a, that, i got a quadrillion yeah, yeah so the <laughs> fact that china's gonna i just wrote a check to myself for a quadrillion so i'm that good that must have been nice oh, yeah man yeah wages mm-hmm. still the same as like 20 years ago went, taking into account mm-hmm. inflation um, so yes, very great sarcasm there by by Tamara because <laughs> you would think that with everybody the economy doing so well and everybody's making so much money that everybody would be making so much money, but they're not, and nobody can explain why. Hmm. I think that's very interesting. Well, Kevin Hassett explained. Uh, la- oh, in yeah, this last is in week. relation to what you yeah. asked yeah. Last, last week. So last last the last week's panel, I specifically said, "How about some details as to." how the economy is doing better. And I neglected to watch the press briefing from the previous day where Kevin Hassett, who's the head of the uh, Council of uh, Economic Advisors, specifically gave a PowerPoint presentation showing us exactly how Trump Ooh. has made the economy do I, a lot I, better. I missed the PowerPoint. I was going to say, you got Chelsea's excitement. She's like, wait, there's Ooh, a PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation? Yeah, yeah because there I, several caught, charts. I caught some a few minutes of the... Um, of answering questions, by the way, which he was so excited to oh do. My too. Gosh. It was like his favorite he's, moment of his life. He's a big he old was like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. right there. I mean, he was Two more questions. Bubbly. Well, the next person's going to have three questions. <laughs> a high school cheerleader. Like, this uh. just totally made his life. And one interesting comment that I remember he made, but I didn't quite fully understand, is that a journalist asked, is this economy really just the result of a sugar high, which is kind of how mm-hmm, I've been looking at mm-hmm. it, where people know, you know, basically there's no regulations because even if they are on the books, they know that nobody's going to come after them. So people are just kind of doing what they want. They mm-hmm. know that, uh, you know, no, the police have, you know, taken a, a rest and that they've got these tax cuts. So they've got more money and then they're doing the, the buybacks. And so all of this is not real value added to the economy this is just like a sugar high yeah. and he was explaining no that's not true because of the place that places that capital have been invested but then i didn't hear any further details on where exactly he says companies have been investing and therefore we're going to see the fruits of this ultimately companies have been investing in their in their businesses which is true but the that is not a direct result of 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 Trump stimulating the economy, what that is is that the oil industry is doing better than they were four years ago. So because the oil and gas industries are back on track, they make up forty percent of our corporations, and them reinvesting in in into their own um, infrastructure is what is a- accounting for this this business investment that that he that Hassett was touting at this, and also what. Um, what is specific to the Trump administration, and the only thing that is specific to the Trump administration, is small business optimism, which means small businesses are being more productive and more active and more in, in bigger investments because they have the optimism of Trump supporting them, which, to be fair, they did not have with Obama because of 
for example, the time uh, that that you didn't build this um, speech that went out of hand, which that's not what he was saying, but it was things like that where small business owners didn't feel that Obama had their best interest at heart the way that they do feel that Trump has their oh, best inf- I, interest I totally at heart. I totally roll my eyes at that because what I think is, is that many of these small business owners blame it on regulation mm-hmm. when really it's the fact that there's these <clears throat> huge ginormous corporations that make it impossible for them to break into the market or sustain themselves. I mean, well, it's interesting that just it, just specifically a president that talks to small business owners and is specifically, whether it's true or not, putting it out there that he supports small business just just spouting that rhetoric is enough to stimulate small businesses to that's why it's called small business optimism they're more optimistic they're investing in their business even though financially they don't have any more money to invest but they have the optimism to think that this is going to work out in their favor so that and my anecdotal story i'm like i don't think so i think this started you know as this like this side hustle economy Mm -hmm. and then people have just been doing well on growing those into something i i don't know if this was i don't feel i guess from my own observation where i know people starting their own businesses it started as this side thing from their job and then they've been able to put more time and energy into it but you know and i i i i I guess I don't know. But this is but this is investment. This isn't return. This This is is emotional. You're not talking about actual. This is just the emotional people are emotionally feeling. The nature of economics is we don't know results for years down the line. So we don't know if we can't say right now if they are seeing returns on their investments. We don't know. You know, right? Ultimately. in in um, in accordance with what Kevin Hassett said in his and and what critics are saying of the way that he mined his data for those, most people are saying that we we are no better off than we were in 2015, 2016 when Obama was still right. in office. That was the height of of um, economic growth. That was the height of wa- the height of wage increase, and we are nowhere better than we were in 2015 and 2016. So even though we are still maintaining that that coast and optimism is higher because Trump to- toots his own horn so much and mm-hmm. that that really works wonders for him. I mean it really does. So I think people look to the stock market too much. I think well, they as do. a barometer. They, they use that as a barometer and you're right. That's not the overall barometer and that's what people are looking at and people are thinking, "Oh." And and I know what's going to happen already is you know, Democrats take control of Congress, and inevitably, we know that what goes up must go down, and that the economic cycle is going to eventually yeah. slow. And Next then it'll be year. the great thing that Republicans will then, and Trump will blame the Democrats, say, "See, if we had a Republicans oh, in no. Congress, we would be having this great economy." But it's all because of them; it's their fault. But and, I you want know. people to start reading these articles now mm-hmm. that I'm reading about that are all of the signs of a recession are starting already, or economists are saying we are for sure due for some kind of correction recession. Right, because you're like it's, probably it's next year, maybe push in it to 20. 20. But yeah. it is going to happen, and it's probably going to mm-hmm. happen big. So I want people to see that those articles, those the economists are already calling it right now. Remember mm-hmm. that we only know an, a recession has hit when it's 18 months old. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these indices that economists read take 18 months. So it's like when they say the inflation rate today is 3%, that was actually what has been the last 18 months. So right. it, there's it, a lag period. And it and takes it, a couple quarters before you can officially say you're in a recession anyway. So now you're looking back at things from a year ago and then saying, okay, well, now we had two quarters that were 
uh, now made it but officially already a debt levels are just astronomically high. Defaults are getting back up there again. All the signs. And, the and, and our wages are not yeah. increasing mm-hmm. at the rate that at all, they need to be. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something we have to look out for. We forgot about Christian. No, I, I, uh, I just was uh, horrified because I started thinking about that toad from Super Mario Brothers again, and I couldn't I couldn't hear anything you guys were saying. But, Chelsea, to your point uh, about the, the economy sort of being a sugar high right now, is that good all-natural cane sugar, or is it high-fructose corn syrup? Ooh. And I use that because wow, one a- of those is like, okay, it could you could come down from it, and it might actually be better for the economy. No, but it the is high a high-glycemic, toxic, poisonous... I knew I was speaking your language. ...high-fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the, well played, though. Thank uh, what, you for that or, or, or you could say it's a um, or it's an or it's an organic, rare uh, <laughs> hibiscus leaf that's we get from the Amazon that is only available to the upper, the highest echelon of people that shop at Whole Foods, and not at all available to oh, yeah. your your average uh, you know Trader Joe's shopper. I mean, Trader Joe's, I shop at Food for Less. But what I wanted to touch on before we ran out of time, we only have a a couple of minutes, is uh, this uh, Paul Manafort. Uh, And there's this idea that, uh, you know, he knows a lot. But I I don't know, Scott, we always talk on the show about how long Watergate took and Mm -hmm. everything. My indication is if he knew something amazing, he, uh, this whole thing would have unfolded a lot differently. Chelsea, do you think he's no. sitting on some amazing knowledge? Because I don't. I think that he's got some interesting things that might hurt some people, but I don't think he's got, you know, I don't think he has like a thumb drive that has the P tape of, for, I, of Trump on it. <laughs> At least I, I hope I, not. I, th- I think I see this a little bit different okay. than you do. That's why I wanted to bring I it up before we ran out of time. That the government, um, listen, the, the government basically won. That last case, even though they convicted him on, you know, eight only of there were still 11 that he got off on. And and they were. But those were (laughs) what? Hung jury. Yeah, Thank you for this. Uh, yes, it's hundreds, so but they, off they, by wasn't one. He wasn't found jerk. innocent. Right, on them. They jerk. were just like right. we can't. We so can't. So he was convicted of yeah, eight, yeah. and those other eleven were just one person away. Right. So you know the government won, and the government was probably primed to do just as well in this next case. I I think, and you know, I I told my little personal story of, of knowing somebody who knows him, who got a call from him asking for money. I think that the situation is is that he's run out of money and. And um, he doesn't see that his chances are all that great um, at this next trial. And he, the government could probably pretty well easily win this uh, this other case. But the reason that they're cooperating, or not the government's cooperating, the reason why they're allowing a deal to go through, I think, is because Manafort has something that is of enough value to them that they would um, cut a deal. I, I don't think that... I mean, I, they they had him on all the basically mm-hmm. on 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 everything, and that they usually so the fact could that have... they're willing to make a deal at all. Uh, but if it were something catastrophic to President Trump, would he get Vince Fostered, uh, as as some people might say? What? It's a thing. It's out there. I don't know. The, I don't get the reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. But we you are, know, I was gonna. It, it, I, that actually, that whole thing reminded me of Clinton Cash, right? Mm-hmm. Oh you know, my God, that, Clinton mm-hmm. Cash! You know, we haven't and, talked about it in so long. And I, <laughs> and I thought that maybe we should all do a field trip together and to watch go Clinton see, Cash. No, and to oh. see Michael Moore's. <laughs> I'm not interested. Michael no. Moore's movie Fahrenheit 11.9, and we mm-hmm. can all do a good. 
uh, we could talk about <laughs> that movie as much as we talked about Clinton Cash. Right. We, t- uh, we did a lot of airtime. I, 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 I like some Michael Moore movies. The last, uh, the last couple have uh, been a little tougher, but uh, I, I look, I, I'd be open minded, and that'd be fun if we did, if we all went together, the whole gang. But yeah, uh, they're doing screenings tomorrow. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, <I'm seriously>. Wait, <laughs> it would be fun me. if we all uh, went to a wait, movie Chelsea, together. Will you shame me if I eat popcorn? No. Okay, then fine. That's all I care about then. As long because if I can't eat popcorn, have then I, don't I want ever we have popcorn around here? Oh yeah, yeah we, we have popcorn. Stuffing my face with popcorn. Well, you know, it's different because when you stuff your face, it's not like you know stuffing an entire <laughs> butterball turkey like I do. Anyway, we are out of time. But thanks to everybody who uh, joined us in the uh. chat. Thanks to our whole panel. And uh, there's uh, obviously a lot to keep on uh, keep an eye on for next week. And uh, until then, you can follow me at Christian DMZ. Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Glacier. And Tamara. Follow me on Twitter, HeyTamara underscore, and subscribe to my YouTube, HeyTamara. And Scott. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, basically calling Donald Trump an orange clown at SMAN80. And uh, any interaction with Mitch McConnell this week? Uh, a few things here. It's only Tuesday, yeah. so plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of plenty right. time. Calling Thanks so much to uh, everybody, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week, Tuesday at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.